0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Brothers in the Deep End. We're back at it again for another season, new episodes and new content. We want to thank everybody who's been tuning in, commenting, showing love. You know, I know we've been gone for a little bit. You know, we've been just revamping, you know, really working on ourselves, making sure we give you guys the best quality content, everything. Boom, bow. So we just want to say thank you guys for everything so far. You know, we've been doing a really, really big transition and our page, and just our brand in general. And we want you guys to understand that you guys are now part of this community that we are trying to build. So Brothers in the Deep End is no longer just going to be a podcast. It's a community. We want people to network. We want people to get to that next level so people are able to grow. Today, we have this really, really awesome story. So, you know, with every story that we have on this podcast, everything's always going to be great. Everything's always going to be amazing. It's always going to be nice tragedy over triumph. And, you know, that's something that we always focus on in this podcast especially when we have any guests on this so today we have a special guest with us and his name is vince what's up and, guys <laughs> and you know i think for anyone who's out there i think a lot of us could relate to his story and i think in terms of where we are currently in the world a lot of people could relate to his story so we're going to dig deep into his story we're going to jump into the deep end with vince today and deep you know in. i think For everyone who's out there listening, you know, we always say this, if we can change one life, that's all that matters to us. And we want you guys to really soak up this information. We want you guys to comment. We want you guys to really be involved with not just me and Ethan's story, but with our guest story as well. So feel free to leave feedback on what you guys think. And hopefully he can change your life and give you guys some advice if you guys are still in the deep end. So let's jump into this. Okay. <laughs> let's
1: go. No, so I, I just
0: want to say, man, like, thank you for coming onto the podcast. We thank really you, want to appreciate you it. Thank you guys for inviting me. No, we, we really appreciate your time coming here and everything. So just start us from the beginning, you know, how you got to where you are now. But let's go back to the beginning, all the way back to the basics. How was your childhood, where you're from? Because I know we spoke a little bit, yeah, yeah. you know, before we hopped into this. You're not from America. Tell no. people where you're from. Tell no. people how you were living.
1: Uh, I was uh, I was born in the Philippines and I came here at the age of 13. And, um, Fresh off the boat, man. Fresh off the boat. You know, uh, me, my mom, and my two sisters, uh, we got here. And it was, everything was new. Everything was new. You know, my one experience was, first thing, when we got here to the airport, JFK, my, the door, the sliding door closed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my mom's like, oh, my God, we're locked in. And I said, like, no, Mom, we're not locked in. They can let us out. <laughs> uh, the next thing you know, she was like, oh, my God, thank God we didn't get locked in. And that mm-hmm. was the first experience already. And, and that right there was... It was eye-opening, you know, mm-hmm. that the world's bigger than we thought.
0: So. Absolutely. So, like, from that perspective, right? So, like, from coming from, you know, where you're from, do you think there's obviously like a big technological gap? Because I think oh, that's yeah. pretty interesting. Yes. How? So, how was, like, your day-to-day life back in the In the, the Philippines,
1: Philippines uh, it's, it's, they were definitely, like, delayed that, mm-hmm. th- you know, that time, 1993, we were probably, like, 10, 15 years delayed, you know, technology-wise. So, Everything was, everything was natural. We were playing on the streets, you know, uh, we had, you know, TV and VHS, but we didn't really use it. Yeah, you know? yeah. We didn't really use you guys it. were
0: fun doing yeah, the we simple were, Right,
1: right, right. We climbing coconut trees, mango trees. That, that was fun for us. You yeah. know what I mean? Playing on dirt. That was fun for us. But when we got here, it was, it was definitely, uh, it was, it was a different world. Mm-hmm. It was a different world. There was a lot of cars over there. It was, there was a lot of cars at that time, but You know, everything was walking distance. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: So I was going to say, so what are some differences that you see? And what were some issues did you have, at least like growing up in the Philippines? Like what were some difficulties, I should say, at least living in the Philippines compared to obviously where you live now?
1: Now, uh, just living situation. You know, a lot of people in the Philippines struggle just day-to-day basis, Uh, having a meal. You know, um, we were fortunate enough, my dad was... uh, you know, working for uh, Pepsi at that time. So he was able to provide for us, you know, three meals, four meals a day. But some of some of the people that our neighbors, our poor neighbors, were doing one meal a day. One meal a day, no slippers. You know, they were walking around, yeah. no T-shirts, shorts. So that was, you know, when we got here, the first thing we had was Roy Rogers. I was like, wow, that's, so crazy, we went, man, that's we crazy. so much food. I was like, so much food. And then... It was just, it was, it was, we were just grateful to have an American food at that time. I was like, all right, you know, this tastes good. Yeah. So we could, I can eat this every day. I want to say, even <laughs> so
0: even when we spoke like prior to this, you were telling us a little bit about like your experience. And I think something that really, really stood out to me was saying how, you know, sometimes people over there, since poverty is a really big issue, yes, right. you were talking about how some people either had to decide to get a meal for the family yeah. or provide medicine for your kid to yeah. live. And I think that's something I... It, it blows my mind because it and, and here in america it's so easy it is easy you know a lot of us i shouldn't say easy but it's a lot more accessible for people to take and like you can get food and you can get medicine yeah. and like you don't have to possibly make those choices you know
1: yeah we went back on uh 2017 and um i collected a few boxes and just just regular aspirin uh old antibiotics i i collected um uh, uh, aspirin uh kids tylenol because with that being said it's it's hard to come by you know uh, Mm -hmm. a person's daily um pay rate is 300 pesos and 300 pesos would probably be like six bucks
0: oh my god yeah
1: and then um one um you know one antibiotic tablet is is 150 pesos so 150 pesos is already half a day's work so what's the whole you know what do you want to do you want to feed your whole family for Three hundred pesos, or buy two tablets for your kid who has an earache or has an, you know, infection somewhere in the body. So, yeah. it's you know, it's a sacrifice. You know, you got to choose.
0: Were there times where you felt that your family had to make that choice, or you always felt like you guys were grateful enough? We were have... gra-
1: We were grateful enough. We wasn't. We were okay. You know, we were able to afford. You know, my mom had to borrow money here, borrow money there, but you know, we were blessed enough to we could borrow money and yeah. pay them
2: back. Yeah, you said a key thing, and we're gonna get into it. It's the sacrifices. (laughs) And that's a big theme of your story, of all of our stories and everyone's stories out there is sacrifices. And the sacrifices you make, Bob said this in one of the episodes, like, it's about the choices you make and the sacrifices. Like, everything you do is a compound, like, it compounds. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you got to sacrifice certain stuff and you got to go a different direction. You got to make that choice. And it's about, all right, do I want to go to choice A or choice B? And then, you know, Choice A may seem good, but you immediately sacrifice that for the greater good in choice B. I mean, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm talking heavy right now. <laughs> I had to catch myself because I was talking crazy. <laughs> that was, Ooh, that was, that was, that was
1: <laughs> I was like, oh,
0: shoot. I, I call myself in my own world. <laughs> so I was going to say, so even moving forward into your story, right? It's funny how you almost have like that welcome to America moment. Yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely. Like, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm you, ready it's now. almost like a movie moment, like yeah. the way you explained it. So when you first arrived here, what did you guys do? So We're, did we you guys have a plan beforehand? Or no, you guys no. just came here and said, "All right, I'm gonna look for a place no, to live, work." No, so where did that, you live? How did we you we actually
1: night? thank God. We, my aunt was here back in the '60s, mm-hmm. and my grandma and my uh, grandpa. So we got to live with them for for a while, for quite a while. And the first thing, the first thing I wanted to see was the basement. You know, because uh, you basement. know, it like it's like because you know, every movie, every kid's movie, like, oh, this basement is so great. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. You know, so we went to the basement, and it, there was a bunch of cats, a bunch of clothes my grandma collected for the Philippines because in in the filipino community it's like old clothes you never throw out you know yeah. you have to collect it to pass it down to to our family members because like i said a t-shirt could be god knows how much yeah you know what i mean it goes so uh, it goes a long way so we always collect old clothes old shoes and then we put them in a, in a box and we send them away we send them back to the, our, our family members so that would be like a Christmas gift,
0: yeah. You know, and I'm sure to them like that was just oh like, they're they're grateful, mind blown. Yeah, like, you they're, know they're grateful. So. You know,
1: they get a Nike sneakers probably ten years old. They'd be like, oh, this is so great. I'm wearing a Nike.
0: Yeah. yeah. And,
1: and that's why I say
2: like on your words they you look like someone of the greatest. And I got humbled with like, I like I thought it was bad in here in America for some reason. Just like every other <laughs> American, like you know, you see certain yeah. stuff like homeless people this time the fourth, and you're walking around. They like damn, they got it like bad. But then when I went like out the country so when i went to mexico like i was like whoa they got it 10 times worse yeah, like i took yeah. a lot of things in america for granted like yeah, we do like uber eats like <laughs> you know um the a stuff, bottle of water yeah a bottle of water a the stuff water. we the stuff we eat our tap water just everything gave me a lot of perspective and like clarity and i was like whoa in america like we really got it good we, yeah. we really live in the dream and we got like take the most out of this place that we're in right now in America. And when I came back, I was much more humbled and just thankful because I'm like, yo, like, to be honest, like, like I'm like, oh, we low-key, like, made it. Yeah. And people wish that they could be in my position, whether it's domestically or internationally, like, they wish they could be in my spot.
1: Like, I'm yeah. living in New York you, City, Brooklyn, like, right. come on now. No, yeah. it's so funny you said that, but a lot of Filipinos, even their, what are some of my cousins, they're nurses and doctors. They can't come here mm-hmm. because of visa. So right. it's hard to get a visa just to get in. So in the Philippines, you could be a nurse with bachelor's degree or whatever you have, degree you have, you're working at McDonald's mm-hmm. for 10,000 pesos, which is probably like 400 bucks, 400 bucks or like 500 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And you don't get paid every two weeks. It's every month. Oh. So with that being said, right. so for example, by t- the second week of the month, you're broke. Guess what? What are you going to do? Well, oh, Ethan, let me, let me 10,000 uh, 10, pesos. Mm. And guess what? Before you even get paid, your money's already gone. So now you're in debt deeper and deeper and deeper as, as the years go.
0: Yeah. And I said t- I think to Ethan's point, too, like I can also relate to that and even to your story. So like obviously the people who've known, but like now you know, but I when I deployed to Afghanistan, it was definitely a humbling experience for me, especially because it was a combat deployment. So yeah. I really got to see like that part of the world and how people were living. And, you know, I think me living in america my whole life i think i got extremely comfortable and i got a little complacent and you know i started even to complain i think about the small things like oh i'm stuck in traffic jesus like you know but like over there there's there's no traffic because people have to walk miles for their food people have to walk miles for water there's no clean water there you know there's a lot of corruption so coming back home for me when I came back home, it really just made me appreciate everything I had in America so much more because a lot of people just don't understand that we have it so much more easier yeah, than sure a lot they're. of people. You know, and then everyone might not say, you know, everyone has their own opinion. We might not be the best. Some people we might be. But I can definitely say, like, as an American here, we have so much opportunity. And, and I, I think we should all be a lot more grateful for what we have, especially if you get to see how the rest of the world is living. Yeah. For real, we for definitely real. We definitely do. So don't.
2: fast forward, Vincent, like now you're in the States. Growing up, talk about it. What your family doing? What's like the life story of like Vincent? Like growing up in, in America.
1: Yeah, yeah. growing up in America. Well, I up, the school I, assume, I, I grew up in Sunset, so oh, you know shit. it was yeah Sunset 51st Street, it's like, you know 90s, 59th right? Go. So 90s. So that was right there. I was like, well, this is the hood. This is not the hood. You know, a lot of yeah, people yeah, like yeah. this is the hood, but in the Philippines, compared to the Philippines, the hood is where you're rocking. Nothing on your feet right and it's much more treacherous right
0: definitely you know so you just so even like just a visualization of that like how does the quote unquote hood look in the Philippines
1: uh literally you're you know there's these drug dealers like just like here yeah but it's a lot more rougher mm-hmm. you know what I mean there's this you can't you can, you go to to a certain part of Cebu which is where my island's from uh, I'm from and you can't go a certain part because you will get stabbed because you're not from you're not from that area yeah yeah you know what I'm saying you will get robbed.
0: Have you seen anything like crazy, crazy like? In no, front of your thank eyes? God I
1: did. Thank God I did. Oh. My my mom, my mom definitely protected me as growing up. No, you know, absolutely. I kept, kept me kept me safe with with my family and and the, the certain you know the area that I was living in. But other than that, but here. It was just like, everybody, to be honest with you, you could buy, you have a quarter. Growing up in ninety in the 90s, I was like, oh, I cool, a quarter and a dollar? Shit, I could buy a chicken noodle soup. No, and that's what we not. did.
0: Buy some chips. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's what we did. Yeah. So I was like, where did you go to school and everything? You lived in Sunset. Uh, I, uh, in Dewey, in uh, 42nd Street and 4th Avenue. That was mm-hmm. definitely, you know, it went, I went from an a, a student in the Philippines, 6th grade, because I left there 6th grade. Mm-hmm. And I got skipped to 7th grade, and then I went straight to 8th grade. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was just downhill from there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I so like, was there, when you first got here and you were in school, was there like a language barrier between you and a lot of the students? Um, did you speak English when you came to America? or did I you spoke have a learn? little English when I came,
1: when it came to, uh, to America. But the thing was, in the, in the Philippines, our first, uh, was my first uh, dialect is Cebuano, mm-hmm. which is our capital language is Tagalog. So English was about third language. Yeah. So we did learn English, but... It was, ver- you know, it was, it was limited because, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't speak it. So we spoke our whole nat- you know, native tongue. Yeah. So it was, it was a little barrier. You mm-hmm. know, the, the first thing I hanged out with a bunch of kids in my block, good friends of mine now, they're like, oh, shit, Jackie Chan. Right off the bat. You know, right off the bat. You know, right off the bat. <laughs> oh, I'm not coming at you right now. <laughs> Nah, exactly. I'm finna call him Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah. They, don't gotta, they don't gotta do you like that. <laughs> that did me hard. That. hard. I was like, God damn. So, but it, but you know, it was cool, you know, it was all love. It, it was all love, was yeah. all love you know. And, and
0: your family was really supportive of you when you went to school and everything like that. Like, my mom was a little scared, you know, like like every parent. Of is, course. You know, you know they fear for the kids. Safety. And, and so all. like growing up and like going to school and doing all these things, right, in America. So just growing up, before we get into like you when you're older, what was like your biggest challenge? As a child and as a teenager growing up in America, you know what I—I I honestly didn't have because I was—I
1: was my mom is a very friendly person, an open person, so I didn't really struggle at that part. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very friendly. I, I hanged out with a lot of kids. You know, I hanged out with most of my friends from the block and. I played ball. I played basketball. So with that being said, that was easy going because everybody uh, on the block was playing basketball mm-hmm. with no rim, just in a garbage can. Yeah, yeah. You know, garbage can. So that, that, was, that was easy, you know?
0: And I think exactly what you said is the perfect example, I think, of what me and Ethan always talk about on this podcast, how foundation is extremely important, yeah. I think, to the upraising of anyone. Yeah. Definitely. I think if you have a solid foundation, regardless of where you are, good or bad, you can really change your life and the people around you if you really like stay on the straight path with the people who are there yeah. to support you.
2: You missed another thing. Perspective. Everything is about perspective. Um if you notice like his perspective in the Philippines, right? Like he was just grateful to have anything he could be. He knew where where to go, where not to go. He knew how to live life, he knew about love. And he was just open to the world when he came to america he had the same perspective was just grateful and it just opened his eyes right and that's the key thing just with anything and any and anywhere right is the perspective that you have is key so whatever it is that you're going through in life um right now whoever's listening like you have to put your story into perspective like hearing his upbringings right someone out there in the philippines india got a way worse than you wish they could be in your spot or someone right next to you on the train you never know And you just got to count your blessings and just be grateful for the position that you are, because it's only going to get better from here. Um, And I didn't believe that quote that my dad told me, like, better days are ahead when he was in the hospital, because I'm like, I don't see no better days. You know, I I don't see no better days without you here with me. But they really did come and more better days keep on coming for me. So I just want to send a little motivational tip for those out there, because the light is on the way. The light's on me. God is always shining his light on you. And this is what Brothers in the deep is about. And I know I'm bringing this way back and I'm going real deep. But Casey said, you know, we've been kind of busy in the intro, da, 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 da. I told Casey, Brothers in the Deepin is no longer a podcast. It's a community. We for the people. Yeah. Everyone's a part of Brothers in the Deepin. You can learn something from us and you're a part of us. We're all in this together. Brothers, sisters, it don't matter. And we're all about just being there for one another and just spreading a real message about what we're going through in our daily lives and what we're really living. And just knowing that we all normal. We all got anxiety. We all got problems. Yeah. But I'm gonna give you my perspective out of how I go through it because I'm just like you. I'm no better. I'm no lesser. We're on the same page, and we're gonna continue to be great. And I'm just, oh, I'm on something right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wanna bring that like to you, Vincent. Right. So, like, what was so right? We we going through our upbringings. Like, what was one of those like moments where life hit you, right? So things are going good to, go to there, and where life just boom, like smacked you, where you had that adversity. Because what was, what's that one thing that defines you? Because yeah. I feel like a lot of us out there want to get that that story, like oh, whenever we get on a pod or something, yeah. I'm gonna tell them about when I went through X, Y, and Z. Because the world needs to know about this. This yeah. is what defines me. So what defines you?
1: When my mom died, that's what. That's when. Uh, that's when everything crashed. You know, everything was 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 perfect to me. You know, I was working for the fire department for 15 years in EMS and uh i was very comfortable i was very comfortable with my life you know and uh there was my mom was a healthy person and all of a sudden within three weeks she died you know uh, four years ago so that was uh that was a pain you know I, I witnessed death in ems you know daily you know somebody dying somebody going to die you know uh, but someone that you love dies in front of you um i witnessed mom dying took her last breath and um, that changed me. That definitely changed me. Pain changed me. I'm, I was I was numb for a little while, you know, because I was I was had to carry so much weight. I had to carry my sister's weight. I had to carry my 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 son's weight. I had to carry the whole family's weight. So with that being said, I didn't have time to grieve. So it just for me, I just kept going and going and going and just nonstop. But at the same time, pain changed me, because you know I was so comfortable, with mom. I, I I got stuck in the fire department. I didn't want to grow anymore. I was like, ah, you know what? Fifteen years. I got I got ten years left. That's it. I'm, I'm good. I could retire, I could do whatever I want to do, but I just I was just stuck. I didn't want to go anywhere. But when my mom died, that changed me. You know, she unfortunately, she died with regrets. You know, she had, um, she had a lot of, uh, you know, she, she, had, she got her bachelor degrees on, on medical lab technician, but at the same time, she never used it. You know what I mean? She never used it because she was too busy taking care of us, taking care of her kids. You know, taking care. She forgot about taking care of herself. She's taking care of my dad. You know, my dad, if my dad was home, he would have three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or and snack. You know, he, she, she, he, she totally forgot about her dreams and, and, and the places that she wants to go to, you know, and that's where it was. It, she literally died with regrets. You know, I wish I could have done this more. You know, and that's what she told me a few months before she died. She's like, you know what, son, I, I wish I did. I, I wish I could have visited my my best friend in California, f- you know, for a week or two. You know, but I can't because my your dad wants me here. You know, she had a choice, but she chose to stay home. And I get it. You know, she, she loved us. But at the same time, she could have just taken that step and said, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, do what I love to do.
2: Mm, and... That was so powerful and deep and it's crazy. Everything's coming full circle. I got goosebumps right now, Cause, Because <laughs> what, what I said earlier, I said sacrifices and we're gonna get onto that. And you said she didn't make those choices. She didn't take that leap of faith. Yeah. She didn't sacrifice her comfort. No, and even didn't. what you said, like I was comfortable and then boom, that, that event happened. And then I just had to sacrifice what I was doing, that comfortable and safety net and just yeah. go all money in, dive off the deep end. Without a life jacket, like yeah. Nip said. <laughs> and just go for it all yeah, because it just, life life is short. Too it's not, short. It's not promised, right? And every minute is not refundable. A day is not refundable. You got to make the most out of the present. You got to be able to live in the present, live in the moment yeah. and get after it and also have a long-term perspective. And that's one thing I had to work on. Um, I had a lot of anxiety because I wasn't here. And sometimes it catches up to me and I w- I'm not here right now. I'm in a whole other world, but I gotta embrace right now because right now, today, if you're listening, whatever time zone you in, whatever day it is, like whatever world you're in, whatever, Mm. it's it's a blessing because you got you got life, you got a voice, you could, you could hear. If you're hearing this, you could hear. Like not many people could hear this, and they might not have the blessing of of like tuning into this episode or getting these gems. And with your mother, like I could relate to that whole thing because you said pain changed you. And I tell people that pain could change you either two ways. Yeah. It's either gonna change you for the better or for the worse. Yeah. But don't go down a path where it changes you for the worst because it's so much easier to go down that wrong path. Yeah. It's easy to to just be an asshole. It's easy to be mean. It's it, easy listen, to listen, it's
1: easy to take an L. Like, ah, oh, you know what? That's it. I give up in life. Yeah. And this is where this is where, you know, in EMS I I, I it called EDPs. Emotionally disturbed. Per- uh, person and we will go in and then talk to these people and they would like you know this is my eight personality um he's talking right now and i'm like damn you know and, and in my mind i'm like damn what made you hit that wall mm-hmm. and you know create started creating a world that doesn't exist of trauma right trauma so trauma with that being said, you know it, it, the world the world that we live in it was too hard for them so they started creating a uh, a world that that they can create whatever they want Stories they want, they, they hear voices, they hear this, they have personalities, they have this. It was just, it's a lot. It's a lot. And when people hit a wall, don't let that, don't let that fool you. Don't let that, you know, just just get up, man. Nah,
2: up. when you hit a wall, you got to knock the motherfucker down. Fuck all that. You got to <laughs> knock the motherfucker down. You got to face that shit and break it. And that's every day. And that's what it is in the gym. Like me and Vincent, we're trainers, right? But my, my philosophy when I train, I don't know Vincent's philosophy. I know he loves to have fun and push it. He's a dog. I'm a dog too, but my philosophy with my clients is like every time I step in that gym or whenever I'm doing something fitness related, or what the case may be, it's time for me to get uncomfortable. So the mirror, yeah. the 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 mirror, right? The man I'm facing in that mirror, I have to get uncomfortable and break whatever I have, psych whatever I have that that comfortability, that anxiety, that nervousness, that like uh, that stagnant attitude. I have to face in the face and just say f all that and just you know tap in with myself tap in and just break that barrier boom and win against me win against the person the man win against that person in the mirror right break that wall down yeah
1: yeah
0: and so i have to ask this question if, if you don't mind sharing but... hold,
2: up, hold up hold up in case you you gotta ask hold up, hold up hold up hold up hold up i got you hold that thought hold that thought hold that thought hold up hold up and i also want to relate with vincent when he talked about like how he's seen his um his mother like pass right in front of him take the last breath like you know, everyone agrees different, and I can't relate, but I can't relate. Because I remember I saw my grandpa, like, pass right in front of me. And then, like, it didn't really hit me because, like, it was more like, I was, like, wasn't there. But yeah. I was I was there. I was in person. Yeah. But, like, I wasn't there. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. outside my body, and my frame, and I was seeing my mother's reaction, my old fam's. And I was just, like, stuck and, like, frozen. Yeah. I was, like, holy, holy shit. You, you know what I'm saying? And, what do i do <laughs> yeah and then <laughs> how do i react right and yeah. the death that really numbed me was my father's because that was the first like yeah. that was my world it was my everything and i got numb and then that happened and then more friends and family started to pass away and i really got numb but it was like and then like i had a lot of pain inside me bro and i had to just release it and my my and my therapy was god and working out yeah. and it took me so long to overcome it it took me i mean i'm I still fight it to this day, but it took me about like four years, five years, yeah.
1: and I'm finally tapping in with myself. I'm on a whole new level. you and know what the best the best way to to get over that hump is is talk about their their life, you know celebrate their life, and, and that's what i'm that's what I do every day you know I'm in the gym i I, I share my mom's world. You know, I share her her experiences. I share her her laughs. I share her pain because with that being said, she she'll, she'll keep living. You know, what right?
2: Because she's living through you, and that's one thing my aunt told me, and people would tell me like, just continue living, cause, yeah. and that's how you keep the legacy going. It's yeah. continue to keep your life going. Uh, I'm referencing Nipsey Hussle a lot, but he says in a song, "Racks" in the middle, and y'all got to tune. In, he says some crazy thing, and I was like, "Yo, I could relate," and I hope y'all tune into that song. But it's yeah. like you got to continue to live life for those yeah. gone yeah, yeah for the, so. i put it on my on my instagram uh story all the time like for the ones gone hashtag for the ones gone because you got it that's how they're living it's yeah. through you you're 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 now um like when people see you they see the ones gone yeah you're representing them yeah. now
1: yeah exactly you know i agree and so like how did your like mother pass away it was it was uh Man, it was uh, out of the blue. It was a uh, curveball. You know, it, she, was he- she was a healthy woman. Yeah, she was diabetic. She had high blood pressure, but everything was controlled. And the next thing you know, she was cooking She was cooking for my dad one day, and she cut her finger, her pinky. A little cut. She neglected it for five days, and the next thing you know, it went to sepsis. And then sepsis went into uh, pneumonia, and the pneumonia went into aplastic anemia, which is her bone marrow just stopped producing red blood cells. So, you know, she was there for... She couldn't breathe because of the pneumonia, so they had to intubate her. And they put her in a, a medical coma. And then the next thing you know, um, within a week or two, finally, her, her red blood cells went up. You know, we were celebrating. Yes, you know, God is good. God is great. And yeah, you we finally were, got that hope. Right, the hope, yeah, the hope, the hope. That it's, hope, it's about hope. And we kept our hopes up, you know. And I, and I said this, Ma, you know, the last, word, the last word she said to me, she looked at me with, you know, with... Fear in her eyes, she said, don't, don't mean son. She said, don't, um, is this going to hurt? And I said to her, and I looked at her and I wanted to cry at that moment. I said, ma, no, not at all. You'll be fine. I said, look, listen, I'll see you in a week. You know, I'll see you. Make sure you cook me my, 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 favorite food, lumpia. She's like, all right. And she just, she just nodded. And I was like, and that was the last, that was the last word she said. And, and, and the next thing, the, the, the word before that, I said, make sure you take care of your sisters and your father. And I said, I got you, Ma, don't worry about that. I said, don't worry, let's not talk about that. I said, let's not talk about that. And then that was it. And then from that, from that, um, aplastic anemia went into uh, platelets. So her platelets started dropping her numbers. So her body couldn't clot. So she had a TIA, small stroke. People walk around with a TIA. Everybody, you know, everybody walk around with a TIA. It's fine. Uh,
0: yeah, I saw that, yeah. Right.
1: But that night, that was the same week, that last week she had, um, she had a stroke. So we were still hopeful. I said, you know what? God is good. You know what? We prayed. We've been praying so much. You know, and then next thing you know, the next day, I think that Saturday night, she had another stroke. So, so funny because, you know, we were there every day. You know, we were there every day praying, you know, family support. My sisters were there. This one was there. But it was just, it wasn't enough. You know, it wasn't enough. Our, Our love and power and prayers wasn't enough, but it's okay. And I understood that now. So with that being said, even the PA came came to us and, and showed us the CT scan of her brain. And it was just her her brain was full of blood. You know, it was and she started crying. And I felt bad at one moment. She's like, you know, you don't have to cry, it's okay. Because I've somewhat accepted it. And I knew this was coming because, you know, we would talk about it in um, in front of the house. She's like, you know. Don't, no, when, when the time comes, you make sure you don't put me in that machine because I don't want, you know, it's time for, you know, it's, it was, it's time for me to go. God is calling me, and that's what it was. God is calling me, and that's why I respected, I respected her wishes. I said, and my sister at one point, Maria, the oldest, my oldest girls, she was like, uh, when we do, what, April, I mean, April, she's like, when we put her in a machine? I said, no, for what? That's for selfish reasons. You're going to keep, let the machine breed for her and then just, you know, deteriorate in front of us. So I told her, no, mom, I'm gonna respect mom's word. I said, once, this is it. This is the end of the world. This is the end of the road. I said, you you know, this is time. I, right. So the, she was like, so the PA started crying and she's like, we have to make her comfortable. And at that time I'm like, wow, comfortable. And I was just, I just took a deep breath and my dad looked at me and said, well, whatever you guys wanna do, you know, you and your mom are very close. Cause me and my mom relationship were like best friends, you know, and I said, and I told her, well, let's make her comfortable. And from that moment on, we she lived for another 24 hours. I remember. And she was just holding on to something, you know. And and my son was young at that time, so he couldn't go upstairs to see her. But when it was time to to let go in that comfortable stage, they let her in. So they let him in. And and my son's mom and grandma. And finally that night, you know, we were just sitting in the family, we we're laughing, you know. I know she heard us, you know what I'm saying? Like she was there, but she wasn't there. You know, her body was there, her mind was there, but she couldn't just speak, you know, she couldn't talk to us. And we were just laughing, enjoying, sharing stories. And I think she was waiting for that moment. You know, she was waiting for that moment. And that morning, you know, I slept by her, and me and my baby sister, Fatima. And at that moment, it was 857. And I hear her agonal breathing. Agonal breathing is basically it's like <gasps> Yeah, those, old, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. agonal breathing. So, so with that being said, I was like, so I, 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 turned around to Fatima. I said, boo, make sure you call your sisters. Mama's not going to make it for another hour. I knew she wasn't going to make it within a couple of minutes, but I didn't want her to,
0: you know, so, see, her yeah, yeah, yeah. To see her
1: that. So I said, make sure you go outside, call your sisters and tell them to come ASAP. And the next thing you know, 8.57 in that morning, man, February 1st, she took her last breath and, and you could see in her lips, just life left her and at that moment man I, I my whole world break down you yeah. know i was trying to hold myself up not crying you know i'm like you know i'm strong i'm good i'm good i'm, I'm alright i'll be alright you know i see death all the time you know in my mm-hmm. job but, but nah, this one hit different, no, different. Nah, it hit that, different that's your world i know i know like
2: i feel that and this all like this this whole thing your mother like all happened cuz she got a cut yeah. like that was the root cause of it yeah that's it and maybe like i'm I'm was not trying to she
1: was diabetic She because she was diabetic and it, you know she got infected, Unfortunately, and, got infected yeah. and, and you know she neglected it she had a fever for five days because yeah. she was so prideful so, she was like don't don't worry oh about man. me i'm fine and you know
2: and that's like right there right and that's what like and that's why you got to be on top of everything on your health and you got to learn how to just respect your health and yeah, like, respect your body. You respect your body by Listen all means. It. And I'm not trying to like shame your mother, nothing nah. like that, because like it's the same sense with me. Like when I had the, I had this tumor and I had this growth in my back. My mother saw it and I was so stuck on playing like football and like making it to play college football. And I did and going to college and it was just growing in me. And I just like, oh, it don't hurt. It's yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. And it got really bad. And when I saw what my father went through, because if, if he probably went earlier, he could have been good. Yeah. Then, boom, it was yeah. too late. And then with me, I was like, oh, shoot. Like, no, I got to be on top of my health by right. all means. And then, thank God it wasn't cancer because that thing, like, grew massively. Like, I had some ribs removed, reconstruction in my back. I still feel it numb in certain areas still. Um, and then with your mother, it's like, from a cut. From a cut. And to you're sepsis, not. And it, to pneumonia, Yeah. to
1: pneumonia. you just S- back to back to back to back. And that, you know what, to be honest with you, that was God telling us. It's, it, I'm sorry, it's time. You know it's time it's time it's time to go and then my mom always say listen i want you to pray she said i want you to pray she was a religious catholic woman and she said i want you to pray every day and say thank thank and i I pray every night with my son and say thank god for the life that you have because you never know you never know when god takes you and with that being said there is no say hey god wait 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 let me see let me let me get two seconds let me say bye to my kid Mm -hmm. let me say bye to my loved ones because there is no when it's time to go, it's time to go. Yeah, There is no second chance. There is no yeah. 10 seconds. Let me, give me, give me, give me 10 seconds. Let me say bye to everybody. No, there is, there is, there is no. Right.
2: Yeah. But that's why it's so important to be present with yourself and yeah. being on point, be proactive because certain things you wait too, if you wait too late, the opportunity fades and it could lead to substan- substantial consequences. Yeah. And it happened with my grandpa, like, they're like, he had a cold and in then in the, the nursing aides at the nursing home were like, oh, it's none, it's none. And he's an old man With all these conditions right. Like if he's having A cough or something Nah that's like Emergency protocol 101 You gotta You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying No it's that's not that's no big deal it. You gotta be on top of it If it don't get better By the next day I already need Send him to the hospital So boom A week a week two later He gets worse and worse They finally send him To the hospital yeah. you No, know the doctor says Oh he's pneumonia But he probably Would not have had it If he came here earlier right. And then My grandpa probably Would have been still Living to this day Who yeah. knows But it was time to go Yeah Yeah who knows And <laughs> I, I don't even want cause, yeah And so when when your mother, right, when that happened, and then boom, everything changed. Everything then, changed. My world up, went upside down. And then boom, right? So what went on with your head? You said, all right, I'm working working the EMS I was just, years. I was
1: just working. I was just showing up to work. And it's so funny because my captain, Captain Marins, actually told me, he was like, a week later, I went back to work because I wanted to be busy. I wanted to be mentally busy because I didn't want to carry all this weight. I said, you know what, maybe I keep my mind busy and keep going with my life. I'd be fine. Mm. Of course, the second day I went back, there was a cardiac arrest. We were pumping on somebody's chest. And he hit me again. I was like, wow, maybe I need a break. Yeah, maybe I, too, maybe, may, may, fresh, right, maybe yeah. I need to change. You know, maybe I need to change. And, and my mom's voice kept replaying and playing and playing so you don't die with regrets. You know, don't die with regrets. You know, I regret my, my life. Not you guys. I love you guys. She would always tell me, I love you guys. I regret my life for not doing the things I want to do in life.
2: Mm.
1: You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know what? I said, you know what? I, I love fitness. You know, this is how I got to it. I said, I love fitness. I always wanted to open my own gym. This, this six years ago, I was like, damn, I'm going to open my gym one day. And I got lost. I got lost in the sauce. I got lost in the sauce, lost in life. I just, relationship, uh, life, work. I got, oh, I need to do overtime. I need to catch up to this bill. I got, everybody got bills. Everybody got stress. It's, it's, it's how you deal with it. It's what's important in your life. You know, I have a lot of things going on in my life right now. You know, I have the gym. As a gym owner, I have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm a boyfriend. I'm a big brother. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a father. But at the same time, what's important to you? Make time for what's important to you and you what's important to. now. Because, you know what? Pleasing this one, pleasing that one out of your, out of your circle, that's not going to add value to life. You know, always, always... Spend time with the people that add value in your life. You have to, man. Talk, talk, get, talk. Get, get rid of all the negative shit in your life. That people don't add value in your life. Get rid of them because it's, it's just toxic in your. It, it's, it's just pointless. toxic in your energy. Yeah, it, you're just wasting energy. We don't have a lot in this world. no nah. we don't. So man, just, I was
0: gonna say I do have a question for you, and this might be a hard question because clearly we don't know the out, what the outcome would have been. So just hypothetically speaking, Ooh, right? I know where you're going. So, mm-hmm. so just hypothetically speaking. If the consequences were different and your mother was still here with us yeah. today, do you think you would be exactly where you were or would you still be in this comfortable, quote unquote, life that you said you were living? Right off the bat, comfortable. I would be still A million percent? A million percent. A million percent. And, my, why, my, and why do you say that? So why do you say that? I'm curious to know the mentality because, around that.
1: Because I was so comfortable. You know, I was I was a 35 year old. I had a son already, and my mom like, no, you know what? You you're broke. It's okay. I'll give you money. She was still giving me money. I'm like, mom, I don't need money, but all right, I'll take the money. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'll use this later. I got it. Yeah, I got bro. it, mom. I thought no, I'll borrow it. <laughs> let me borrow $20, Mom. You know, there's that comfortable state. But all the teaching, all the you know, the sacrifices she did. I wouldn't have not used it. All the, all, all the lessons she gave me in life that I didn't learn. I got smacked in the back of my head. I didn't know what it was for, but now I know. Now I know as a father and, and literally having, you know, teaching my son, her teaching, her ways. It's like, wow, now I know why my mom just smacked the shit out of me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean?
0: And, and I think like to your point, I think a lot of people could really soak that in and say like, they should look at what they have currently in front yeah. of them, their parents, mom, dad, or whoever's with them. And really look at their life and ask their parents, like, hey, like, what are the things that you have regretted? Okay. And you're like, I think that's a big question that not many people ask. Like, what are the things you regret? I don't think I've ever asked my mom or my dad. Like, what are yeah. the things that you have regret in your life that you haven't done? I, and I, I, th- I think this
2: this something better.
0: It's not about what
2: are the regrets, right? It's not about that. It's about listening. Yeah. Listening, right? Because a lot of times you get the signs. People are trying to warn you. People are trying to foreshadow you and lead you upon the right path. People are always trying to give game. And what do people do? Yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah, bro. They, they take the time for granted. They yeah, time no. For granted. They but they, they say this. Oh yeah, you're right. And then the, the next minute they forget about. It. Yeah, yeah. I'll think about it. Yeah, yeah. You keep on trying to tell them and you're warning them. You keep on warning them. Yeah. You're like I, right, I'm gonna stop warning because you you're not taking on action. Sometimes I had to do that with with Casey. Give him a whole bunch of game and just fly <laughs> over his head until until some other dude randomly tells him and he's like easy, Yo, You know what? The dude was right. I was like, I been, I told you that a year ago, champ. But I think it's I think it's a, a it's a natural human but then, but then some but then it's like it is a natural human thing, cause a lot of us unfortunately need to get smacked in the face yeah. hard. I well, need Mom to go smack the shit and, out of me. And god intended. <laughs> no god, no <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> yeah. no, but then God will like God humbles you in like nah, in a very extreme yeah. way. Cause yeah. like right, I thought I was humble, right? Yeah. Then my father passed, and I'm like Whoa yeah. Then this, that And the fourth And all this other stuff yeah. After that I could go on for days Happen I was like Whoa And I was like
1: oh, Okay Now Like yeah. now It's really starting to you set know, in You know You're so funny You said that Because you know uh Eight months into it I remember when You know We were having fun We were finally talking about my mom Because you know when somebody dies, you don't want to talk about them because you don't want to bring bad memories or, or just the memory itself. You don't want to like open right, that, open it kind of warm, yeah, open that scar. So yeah, yeah. finally November, came, you know, November comes. I was like, yeah, you know, same year. I was like, wow, you know, mom, you know, remember that time, mom? Like, we were hanging out with the family, and the next thing you know, on Seventy Third Street where we were living. Somebody knock, a detective knock, and he said, uh, looking for Sarah, Sarah Oyongoren or Bilingo, which is my cousin. I said, where's your mom? So my my cousin went to the the door and said, where's where's your mom? And he's like, my mom's here. I said, my mom's not here, but how can I help you? He's like, well, we have some bad news. My cousin killed himself. And I was like, wow. It was like a fucking curveball again. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, we're just getting over the hump, a big-ass hump in the family. And boom, my cousin killed himself. And it's so funny because when I see my cousin... And I always tell him, I was like, yo, cuz you good? He's like, yeah, you good. You know, he was from the Philippines. You know, he, we don't know why he killed himself. We will never find out. But the thing was, it was like he was showing up to, he was showing up, he was, quote, going to work from October all the way to November or December. And where the hell was he going? You know, what was going through his mind? You know, and a lot of people tend to do this in the, in the Filipino community. It's very taboo to talk about your feelings as a man. And, mm. you know, I, I, I'm, let me not say not just Filipino, a man itself, you know, mm. we're, it's very taboo, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, you're a man, you can't talk about your depression, you can't talk about your, your, what you're sad about, what you can't talk about your relationship. That's why a lot of, a lot of men are, are they have, we have such big egos because they're like, oh, you know, I'm good, I'm good, I'm alright. I'm alright. But at the same time, you're drinking your ass off, you're drinking your life away. So with yeah, that it- being said, we hit that wall. And then from there, it was just like, fuck.
0: We, we might as well just give you all three mics at this point. Like, you, you can take all three mics at this point. Like, like You could take the, take over the pocket. Right? <laughs> like, nah,
2: that, that's, that's a fact, though, man. But, like, with me, it's like, I think that has to do with confidence and just, like, being confident in yourself. Like, regardless, like, I never really cared about what other people thought about me. Like, I'm going to express myself by all means. we through just do the highs, the lows, the middles, what I'm going through. Because it's normal. Yeah. And I said this early in the pod, like it's normal. Like don't think you're lesser of someone because you're feeling that way. Like yeah. it's normal, man. You gotta let it out. You gotta vent it out. Cause if you keep it bottled in, it would
1: drive you nuts. And you know what, to be honest with you, the the I'm very grateful and happy that we always I always have my family. And I think a lot of people's a lot of people when you come down to it, it's it's family foundation. It's all about foundation. Anything you do in life, yes. foundation, building, have four foundation, right? One of that falls, guess what's gonna happen? The whole the building's rest gonna crumbles. fall. Right, yes. and to me, family is so important. You know what I'm saying? I, well, listen, I know a lot of people have a lot of emotions. Oh, you know, fuck this one, fuck that one. Yo, <laughs> let it go, man. Let it go because, yo, your time is so precious. You never know. So my cousin could have been going through a lot and could have talked, spoke to us. Mm-hmm. But he has so much pride that he can't talk about it. Right. Yeah. Or, 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 we don't know. Yeah. Or he was just scared. Right, right.
0: You're right. Yeah. You're fear. absolutely right. Fear is yeah. a really good thing.
2: Fear, yeah. fear is crazy because yeah. then you could be battling against yourself. for your failure. Like, like, I, like that wall. Right, you could just be like, I don't know, and then like when you come "Mm, safety, like you know what? Nah, I'll just keep it
1: bottled, in. I'm I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready to just let go, go off the deep end without a life jacket. Right? He was he was he was literally dressing up. He's a nurse in a nursing home, and he was going to work like he was going to work from from whatever time it was. He was depressed all the way to December, and the next thing you know, he just jumped off uh, Jamaica Bay water area, Mm -hmm. and you know we they. We were wondering he hasn't showed up in two days, so and that was it. And that after that, that December, of course, we buried my, we buried we buried him. I buried my cousin. And then that April, that next year, my house went on fire. Oh my God! It was like, Fuck. it's like you know, it's like damn, you know, can it, when it pours, it pours, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you got it. You have, and again, it goes. It comes down to family again. You know what I'm saying? Because at that time, I remember. I think I think April fourth. The house burnt down, and then April 6, we had a, a Texas family, a whole family trip with with my family, my other family sister, my sister, my, my 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 uncles, my aunts, and we. I said, you know what? What do we have to lose? Stay here and what? Stay where? We have we have no house, we have no home. <laughs> so, literally, we just laughed. I said, you know what? Fuck it. We would we would meet up in Starbucks and like literally sit down and said, well, what are we going to do? What's the next move? And I said, you know what, fuck it. We already got the tickets to, to go to Texas. Let's go, let's go to visit my cousin, Kathy. So we went and we had a good time. It was a, li- it was a little weird because, you know, there was a, lot of, was a lot of trauma, you know, back to back to back to back. And I said, you know what? They just enjoy. They just enjoy each other. So especially for the kids at that time, you know, they know death, but they don't know death, yeah. you know? So we just wanted my son to have fun, you know, my little cousin, my, you know, just, just enjoy that moment because, you know, it's... it's
0: and i I think to even relate to both you guys i know i say this often and maybe i haven't gotten like into that much detail about this but like so you guys know obviously i was on a combat tour in afghanistan so you know when you guys said that you guys were really in like that kind of like that little bit like that fog where everything like stood still i I really don't talk too much about this that very often but when i saw my friends get blown up there was this moment where after everything happened and we helped you know save all their lives and we made sure they were all stabilized it really looked like a movie moment in my head it really looked like a movie like yeah. Call of duty yeah. it really looked just like that and it, it was very in my head at the time when i first processed everything i was like this is my job like this is what i gotta do um and then like i took a step back and like they a lot of my friends like noticed over there yeah. that i was just like a little out of it and they were like you good and i was like you're here but you're not yeah here. i was like i was like i don't know like i, I just think i need like a break to just sit down and relax, like, Take I, like I'm gonna go to work, but like just leave me alone in my room yeah. for like a little bit. Like yeah. I'm just gonna chill out. The yeah, and, and there was a good like loophole and wormhole I went into for about two weeks after I saw all my friends, um, get blown up and some get taken away, like back home, cause it hit me completely differently, and I went into this wormhole. And I know you guys talk about death and religion, right? So like for me, I I always question just not that I don't believe in God or anything, but sometimes I question religion in my own right. head because I'm a very big believer of just I have to see it to believe it. Sometimes, right. but that's just me because right, right, right. I'm just a very logical person. And I went into this really, really, really deep wormhole where I couldn't figure out what happens after death Right. because I was scared to die. Right. After seeing all that, I was fear took control right. for a good two weeks, yeah. and my friends were like, "Are you good?" And I was like, yeah. "No, like I'm I'm literally losing my mind because right. I can't figure out what happens after death." But I there was just a point where I just came to the conclusion to myself that like I'll just never know what happens yeah. after we die until we die. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And, and like I really couldn't figure it out. And like I said, it took me a while when I even got home to transition to that point because yeah. I struggled to transition. I felt extremely isolated and no one I felt like could relate to me. Right, right, right. right. And I literally battled with demons every day in my head, and even though I looked fine on the outside, not to a point where I wanted to kill myself because I'm scared to death. I don't think I could ever do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I could personally ever do that, <laughs> right? right? right. i'm gonna say never because that's just not me like i i have a great foundation i have people around me right Right. but i got home and that isolation all the demons i was battling i couldn't figure out how to get out of it until i really came to a closure after watching a million videos and reading a book about what can possibly happen after we die and i had to come to terms with myself and really talk myself down and say you know i'll never know what happens but When that time comes, I know I'm just going to have to accept it because there's literally no going back at that point. And sometimes, to your point, these scars do open up again. And a lot of these times make me thinking. So when I got back home a couple months later, uh, someone I was cool with and I spoke to over there all the time, looked like a nice guy, normal. He always supported me, everything. I did music, my mom's candle business. And I figured out like two weeks later, he killed himself. Wow. Yeah. And it clearly goes to show you that everyone's always going through something just because we were in combat and we were all in war over there doesn't mean the battle ends even when you're home and I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand especially with veterans and like till this day there are times where I even freak out but like now I can genuinely say like I've came to the conclusion myself where I've accepted everything that happened and I have to learn how to move forward and now I'm gonna keep doing me because I know there are people who didn't make it and I'm gonna do it for them on top of doing it for my family
2: Damn, yeah. Case, man. That's deep. I had so much things to follow <laughs> up on, man. But, like, ooh, man. Oh, man, that was, that was, ooh. I had to say, damn, I'm a time. But, look, you said battles, right? Every day that you wake up, every day that you're free, you won a battle already. You already won. And yeah. the only battle that you got to win is within your head. But in reality, like, you already won. You already won. Now it's just about winning. Yeah, it's just about, winning. Yeah, it's just about winning more. Most yeah. of the time, we put in the, we put in all the pressure on ourselves, and and you gotta just learn how to like control what you can, Casey, and just to other people like you can't be thinking about what is this, what is that. Control what you can, and what you can't control, you gotta leave it to the side, yeah. right? Like Vincent said, like you can't please other people. That's something you can't control. The only thing you control is how you act I and know. how you move. The rest, let it be to God you got to let go and let God because if you're trying to handle everything else, you're going to go crazy. You can only do so much. Be in the moment. Be present. Of course, have a long-term outlook but like the things that you don't have the answer to yet, just have faith that you will figure it out sooner You'll figure and it out. that's it or just let it be and just work on what you can work out and then the solution or the thought process will come to
1: mind soon. That's that. Just keep working on yourself, man. Yeah. Just
0: keep working. And even like just to, you know, kind of not not end on this point or anything like that but to relate to everything i think we're saying i've actually been reading this book and it's about leadership and vulnerability and how being a vulnerable leader is extremely important to lead and she brings up this one point where you have to be soft in the front but strong in the back and you know pause no Mm -hmm. but like i think that's a very interesting point because you can take that as a leadership perspective but that can also be a double-edged sword where you know you can be soft in the front and look very approachable and very nice but in the back, you never know what happened to this person. Yeah. They're going through so much, they might have so yeah. much weight on their shoulders. And it's mm-hmm. important to not lash out, take that out and show that to other people because yeah. you know you don't want to be that person that's taking out everything on everyone. Right.
2: And that's the same case again for, for Vincent, right? Yeah. So boom, then my little scout report. And <laughs> but with Vince, when I met Vincent, man, um he was just so joyful all the time. That man uh always shit like show love to me on the field. But I never really knew his story or whatnot. But, like, I'm like, nah, there's something more to him. And look, I figured yeah. it out. And I just never know. But that's, any, that's, why. that's why whenever, like, I approach people, like, I always just try to be open-ended. And I don't try to judge because it's like, who am I to judge? Right. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know how much, what what your journey was, what it took for you to get here. Yeah. Like, who am I? Like, who am I to you know what I'm saying? Like, pick point, da, da 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 say this down and forth about you when I don't even really know about nothing much about you. Right. Yeah. And you just got to really have the respect. And it comes, about, it comes down to humility and being humble.
0: That's yeah. It, man. That's it. And I think we're all going to, you know, face tragedy and, you know, overcome with triumph. And I think, honestly, it all comes down to how you take it. It's all about how you react overall and how you're going to overcome it and rise on top. Right.
2: I'm I I feel like we could keep going for hours and hours, <laughs> like for real. But Vincent, I definitely do want to give you flowers. Like I took down a lot of gyms as well, cause, right? What you said is there's always like something. It kept on getting. It was it was something else. Like right after my, he was like after my mother, it was this. Then after she that, was it was this. Yeah. And then I guarantee you, after that. It was something else, and the same with me, and the same with Casey. But life keeps on
1: going. You gotta, hear, have to keep going. Yeah, and it, it's always no stopping.
2: And life is up and down. The waves, the, it's like
0: it's like waves, just up and down, like the stock market. But up that's and what down. that's what life's all about. You that, have to, you have to and, live and learn. And mm-hmm. so everything, right? So after all this, did you reach? Your, one of your goals and what is your business now? Yeah,
1: well, I mean, I reached my goal, thank God, man. I mean, yeah, I bust my ass for it. You know, yeah. everybody's like, oh, well, you know what? You're good now because you have a gym now. No, I, I bust my ass to get there. You know, yeah. I it's so funny because I left fire department before the pandemic. So I had no job during the pandemic. I was like, damn, what did I? And you made me think twice. It's like, damn, should I go back to the fire department and, and, work, mm-hmm. and work again? Because I have no job right now. Mm-hmm. So a month or two months later, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back Go back to the roots, where work out in the field. So I started working on the field. I started training. I had clients already. I had opened up my, uh, a little small business, a, a literally a two uh, a two hundred square. Feet. I have seen, it. I seen right, it. Right, right. In sunset, right. In sunset, you know. My, my homegirl Viviana Like a little box It's a I'm box like, It's probably smaller than this Yeah before I knew Vincent i seen it And I was starting to get some I'm like a little box I'm like how right. is he training people yeah. in that But you made it happen <laughs> I made it happen You know so funny At that time You know I had clients Who's like no nah, Vince let's do, let's do five people inside Five people outside It's like oh let's do that So five people inside And we run around the block With, with slam balls and, and we made it happen I made it work You know you had to be a chameleon You had to be a chameleon in life You had to adapt You have to adapt and grow because if I didn't, I would have been stuck. I still been stuck in fire department right now. So with that being said, I was I was on the field and I was like, damn, all right, cool. Let's, let's, let's train in the field. It's free. You know, there was no there was you know there was no rent. So I just I just took that chance and I I met this dude Frank, a uh, pro boxer, awesome guy, man. He, he had he had a lot of energy. had a lot of fire in him. You know he. Has his own demons, of course, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. But at that time, I, and and one and one time, he was like, he was like, I looked at him. He's like, we, we were training, and I was like, yo, we should we should do a class together. You know, he was a, he, he you know he does boxing. I do a total body. He's like, yo, we should do a, a class together. I was like, ah, right, let's do it. And right off the bat, the energy we, me and him was just. Just you know, like a tennis ball bounce back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And one day, one day, I was doing uh, I was training like five clients and he was training like eight clients and he like a boot camp for him. I said, and I said, yo, Frank, we should do a class together. And the next thing you know, it grew from from you know, five people to 10 to 20 to 12, and we generated literally 247 clients from the pandemic during the pandemic. And that was that's crazy, yeah, that was. That was right there. Just proven. and said, you know what? We had, we had no, we had no overhead. Let's just keep going with this. As long as we, as long as we write it. And we met some cool people. We met some, we met some, some awesome people, which is friend of mine now. You know, we met this, this, this lady, Vanessa which is, I didn't know who she was from the wall. You know, I was just being nice. I'd say, hey, you know, I would see her, you know, walk around, walk around the track. And I would say, hey, miss, do you want to come and work out with us? I, I, you know, first workout's free or the second workout's free. Don't worry about it. Just try it out. You know, try this out. So finally, she said, she, like, you know what? Do you do personal training? I said, yeah, let's, let's do it. So we did it. And she started doing the class and she started telling all her friends in Bay Ridge. I didn't know this lady at all. Uh, but her connection, her network was so big.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, all at, it takes is that one person, right, who knows mad percent. pets. Right. Like, and 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 it was like I was so grateful for her, and she was like, she was like, well, I know this guy, Tommy, and Tommy is, uh, is a hit factory, and I was like, oh, okay, and at that time was already going back to school. Everybody was going yeah, back. It was, it was transitioning. Yeah, it was transitioning to like back to reality somewhat. Yeah. So me and Frank looked at each other, like, damn, man, we're fucked. That's it. Maybe maybe this is it. And I was like, nah, it can't be it, Frank. So he was like, nah, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call Tommy. I'm gonna text Tommy because Tommy had to approached him. He said, mm-hmm. I'm gonna uh, text Tommy and say, what's up? You know, we were, we were I, was, I was black as hell. My skin was dark, Frank was dark. And you know, we're just some, I'm Filipino, he's Spanish, but we look black. Mm-hmm. Because we were every day on the field, 110 degrees, yeah, rain or shine, we were training there. i seen it. We were crazy. And people would look at us and say, yeah, you guys are crazy. You guys are going to get stopped. You guys are going to get arrested because people were scared. <laughs> you know yeah. you? Right, right. You guys are going to get arrested. I'm like, yeah. fuck that. Until they arrest us, we're going to keep working out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I took all my studio equipment, boarded, and I was literally carrying... Two hundred pounds in my truck, in and out, in and out every day, day and night. The hustle, right? right. And and it was it was. I said, "Fuck it, let's We're gonna do this." And we just generated generated clients. And the next thing you know, when that when that road and 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 Vanessa was a good friend of Tommy, they were like, "You know what? I'm gonna can I bring these two guys?" And and Vanessa uh, Tommy was like, "You know what? The only the only I'm gonna make you partner, but only you, Vanessa." And I was like, "Damn, you know." And then Vanessa was like, no, I'm gonna bring these guys. You can't pull me up here without these two guys. She, she was a hook. You know, without her, we wouldn't be up there. You know, our hard work did get us to the end of that road, to that door, but there's always that one person. And this is why you gotta you gotta be nice to everybody, man. You never know who you meet. You always never treat know everyone how you wanna be right. treated. You never know who you meet. And from that moment on, we got up there and we just for that first that first two weeks. We just generated about 90 clients and Tommy saw that. I was like, oh wow, these guys got something good going. And the next thing you know, he's like, you know what? Three weeks into it, a month into it, he said, like, you guys want to be partners. And me and Frank were, we're just some kids from, you know, he was from Red Hook, I was from Sunset Park. Right. I'm like, all right, cool, let's go. What do we have to lose? We have nothing to lose, but a lot to gain. Mm. And that's what we did. That was our mentality at that time. Is that we have nothing to lose, but a lot to gain. And we did, mm. we did. So with that being said, we just generated 200, I don't know, 80 something clients within that first year, you know, within that first year, and that's that's where I'm, I'm now, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just it was a great journey, you know. You like I said, you meet people for a reason, and then you never know your purpose. You know, you don't, you don't, you won't know your your purpose until you serve them. You know, I met Vanessa, I met Frank, and everybody just it was just like a ladder, you know, a ladder, a bridge over bridge, and top of bridge and top of bridge and like I said,
0: just be nice to everybody because
1: you never know who they know.
0: And that was it. And I think it's crazy how you originally were a firefighter serving and then... EMS. EMS. Oh, EMS, oh, oh I'm EMS, sorry. EMS, yes, EMS. Yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you said fire department yeah, automatically yeah, fire assumed. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I think it was crazy how you were EMS serving yeah. people and like really giving life back to people right. and like now you're giving back to the community, giving life and changing yeah, and, their, and their the, life. In a, in
1: a different light. In a different, in a different yeah, light. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, different and, like, light, it's
0: crazy because... And in a way, they're very similar, and you're yeah. changing people's lives for so the better now. Thank God. And I think man. that's something that i that has would to take. Right, and that has to go back to
1: my mother her sacrifices. Where I was seven years old in the Philippines, she would be like, "You know what? It's okay. I don't have a lot of money, but here, here's 125 pesos. Go, go to karate." So I was going to karate, swimming, uh, guitar lessons. She was always keeping me busy. Nice, because and. So funny! And I'm grateful for that because now all the martial arts that I do, I can teach kickboxing. I can do this. I can do that. I could, you know, I can I can play basketball. I can teach this class, mm-hmm. you know, because because of my mom's sacrifices.
2: Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And your mom just being there for you, right? Yeah. I mean, shit. I want to give a special shout out to my mother because my mother has allowed me to live the dream. Shout out to my mom, Dukes. I love mm-hmm. you. She, you letting me go all money in. Um, there's not a day that I go by that. I'm not thankful for you. I love you so much because you allow me just to, just to live, yeah, just live. So shout out to my mom. Shout out to all the mothers out there that let your yes. children just live, and we appreciate yes, your all the sacrifice, moms. all you have done. Shout out to all the parents. There is
1: nothing like a mom's love. I always say that. That's There's that. nothing like a mom's love, no, man. Nothing, nothing like that. So my
0: dog loves my grandma. I mean, <laughs> that's why my dog loves my mom more than me, and I have. I mean,
2: I mean, it's all love and. Vincent, your story, I feel like we could go on and on and on. I feel like we could go for,
1: for days. I feel man. like it
2: could be part one, part two, part three. <laughs> and I feel like for the viewers out there, I hope you learn a lot from oh, this man, story. Oh, listen to and, it. Learn from our pain.
1: Learn from our pain.
2: It Exactly. Like, learn from, learn pain. from our pain
1: and don't, don't let it be too late because then when it comes... You're going to be like,
0: oh, shit. Yeah,
1: I, I wish I wish would have been nicer to my mom or my dad or this. Yeah. Man,
0: learn from my Live pain. a life with no regrets and listen. Yeah. I yeah. always say this, and I think we say this every part. Po- I think I've said this every episode, mm-hmm. but there's two things in life that we can never get back, yeah. and that's time and people. Yeah. And those are the two things that make your life amazing. Amen. It's time and people. I agree. Amen.
2: And, like, Vincent, I don't know if you have much more to speak about. I, f- I hope you got everything that you need to get out. If not, we could be... We might we'll collab. We I don't might know. Co- we're, 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 yeah, there's a lot
1: more. There's a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot more in this.
2: But who knows? <laughs> Buzzing deep and make collab with Hit Factory, with Vincent, or something on some workout. Stay tuned. We have a community workout. Yeah, who knows? Workout? Why not? Who knows? <laughs> but I appreciate everyone that's tuning in. I appreciate the community, Thank you guys. Buzzing Deep, Thank and I appreciate I appreciate Vincent because he took the time out to come. This was long overdue. Yeah. Um. Big shout out to my guy Mike Dolo, fourth quarter living right here. This shirt right here you here at Fourth Quarter of Living. Big shout out to you. Big shout out to Hit Factory. Thank you guys. Thank uh, you major so much shout <laughs> out. Uh, you know, big shout out to them. Thank you to all the
1: service men and women. Word, word
2: up. Absolutely. And with the Shit, with man. the um with Vincent, if you want to tap in with Vincent, uh, we'll drop the IG <laughs> handles and all the website, all the links and in, in the YouTube, under the YouTube also on the Instagram. Be sure to follow. Us and Brothers in the Deep End on Instagram all handles Casey at Casey Inkle, me at K Class. If you want that one-on-one crazy personal training session where I'm going to push you beyond your mental barriers. Or if you want to with Vincent, you want to have a little bit more fun, go with him. He has the (laughs) the hit classes. Definitely tune in. I don't know if there's a special promotion going on. Always special
1: promotion. Come on, come on down. Come
2: down. Everybody's welcome. So pop out and thank y'all. Much love.
0: Appreciate y'all.
2: God bless. God
0: bless, man. Amen. we we'll do this for you guys. Yeah. Look, moving different, you know, I'm already custom made. Said you want to play with me, This just a different game. Trying to make it to the end, it's just a crazy maze. Here for the long, you know, I'm about to make a play. I'm coming.